we move in <coughs> into what we've been sharing for the past two weeks. And this is the third one. We've been sharing a personal message that the Lord is passing on to each one of us. As he speaks to my spirit, I pass it right across unto us. And I pray that we shall heed what the Father is speaking unto us, and we may be able to bring glory unto his name. As we humbly walk before him, and as we humbly seek to behold his grace and his mercy at work in our lives in the name of Jesus. I want us to remember what he has continually told us in, in 2 Corinthians and chapter 6. We have read it twice and we read it yet once again. He says that we then as workers together with him also plead with you not to receive the grace of God in vain. I repeat again, not to receive the grace of God in vain. For he says, in an acceptable time I have heard you. In the day of salvation I have helped you. Behold, now is the accepted time. Behold, now is the day of salvation. And I'm continuing to stress that God is interested in now. God is interested in today. Because today, now and today is all that we have. We don't have yesterday. It is gone. It's past. Tomorrow we are not sure of it. We can't speak, you know, and say that I have tomorrow because we know nothing about tomorrow. But now we have. Today we have. And so he wants to be glorified and to be magnified in you and in me now. Always. Let us never say, I am going to praise him tomorrow. No, praise him now. Forget about tomorrow. Let him delight in you, this moment, as he says, in his presence is fullness of joy. So let him rejoice in you now. Stop being grumpy now because now is all you have. So when I am grumpy, he wonders what is wrong with this child of mine. Grumpiness has got no place in my presence. For his word says, in God's presence is fullness of joy. That means... When I get into that moment of grumpiness, I step outside of the, the jurisdiction of his joy. I block myself until when I come to my senses and wake up, then I realize, oh, I am in the presence of joy. And at that particular time, the grumpiness will be shed off and healing will be made manifest in the name of Jesus Christ. But it is a choice that we must make every single day. The every single moment, oh, for the glory of his wonderful name. Remember, we have said that he says, he, I'm going before you. And he says, I am a hedge around about you continually. Why? Because he says, now is the time. Today is the day of salvation. He is healing, delivering, intervening for you every single moment. The Bible says we are in the evil world. He says the whole world lies in the evil one. And we happen to be in that world. He has left you and I in that evil world. That means everywhere around us there is evil. 
If you look at what the word of God is saying, because the whole world lies in the evil one. But somehow by way of a mystery, Jesus asked the father, I am not asking that you remove them from the world. He said, I leave them in the world. But I ask you, father, keep them from the evil one. That somehow in the midst of this dark evilness that surrounds us in the air, in the waters we drink, in the foods that we take, even in the clothes that we wear, I tell you, everything that is in the world, it has got a touch of evil on it. Rest assured of that because that's what the Bible says. But yet, even in the midst of that, somehow, God the Father is able to keep you and to keep me in his presence. He hides you in that secret place of his. It is secret because the world cannot identify or know that where that he is hiding. He has, that's why he says he hides you in the secret place of his presence from the plots of men. He hides you secretly in a pavilion from the strife of tongues. Why? Because somewhere even in the midst of that evil, he steps in and he covers you. And that's why he, he says, I go before you, I hate you all around. And so he says, cast your cares upon me, for I care for you. And the question is, do you and I realize or appreciate that particular aspect? Remember one thing. There's something that is usually said that, you know, that, you know, that it is darkest just before sunrise. It is usually, that's, that's one of the things that it is always, it is always, it is always a saying that is always put forth. But the Lord says that, that you know, that, that our societies, you know, our setups, the governments and the whole of you that we have all around us, they are basically crumbling because of his judgments that are coming upon this particular, this particular world and upon the evil that surrounds us because they all are dependent on man-made schemes and technologies and what have you. Now hear what it is that he says in Haggai, Haggai chapter 6, I think it is Haggai chapter 6, in the book of Haggai, just a moment, I'll get, I'll, I'll get, my, I'll get my, 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 my scriptures, my scriptures where I've written them. In the book of Haggai, there is Haggai chapter 2, verse 6, verse 6 to, verse 6 to, hold on, let me see, verse 6 to, Haggai chapter 2, verse 6 to 9. And also, in the book of, in the book of, um, it should be, it should be, in the book of, uh, Hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. I'll get my notes. Sorry, I, 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 I printed all my scriptures. All right, yeah, I've, I've got it. Sorry. In the book of Haggai, this is what the Lord says. Haggai chapter 2, verse 6 to 7. For thus says the Lord of hosts, Once more, and that is, it is a little while, I will shake heaven and earth, the sea and the dry land, and I will shake all nations, and they shall come to the desire of all nations. And I will fill this temple with my glory, says the Lord of hosts. Here he has said, he is going to shake the heavens and the earth, the sea and the dry land. Now if you look in Hebrews chapter 12, 
and verse 25 to 29. He repeats something similar. And he says, See that you do not refuse him who speaks. For if they did not escape, who refused him who spoke on earth, much more we shall not escape if we turn away from him who speaks from heaven, whose voice then shook the earth. But now he has promised, saying yet once more, I shake not only the earth, but also heaven. Now this yet once more indicates the removal of those things that are being shaken and of things that are made, that the things which cannot be shaken may remain. Therefore, since we are receiving a kingdom which cannot be shaken, let us have grace by which we may serve God acceptably with reverence and godly fear for our God is a consuming fire. Praise God. The Lord is telling us one thing, and he warns us in advance, that there is a shaking that is taking place across all the nations. Don't hold on the temporal things that we see all around us, my brother and my sister. Some of us, we hold on to the things of this world. We despise some people because of the things of this world. We cause rifts because of the things of this world. You know, so much hatred and so much malice, maybe even we are jealous. We find envy in our hearts because of the things of this world. But he says, I am going to shake the nations and uh, the, the earth and the heavens, the sea and the dry land. That the temporal things that are made, they will be shaken and moved away. He says that that which is unshakable may be able to stand and to remain. And I want you to ask yourself as I ask myself, what am I holding on? You remember the time when Moses came down from the mountain? He came to Israel and Israel had turned away from God. They were worshipping idols, worshipping the things of this particular world. And the same danger happens unto us. When he visits his church and he looks at each one of us, what does he behold? Does he find us? We have turned our backs unto him and we are looking for the watermelons and for the cucumbers and for the flesh of this world and we have forgotten the things of the kingdom. Remember what Savannah read for us this particular morning. Set your affections on things above where Christ is seated at the right hand of the throne of God. What is it that is occupying us? That is what the Lord is asking. He says, I am looking for my strong ones, those ones who are strong in soul, who are strong in the mind, who are strong in the spirit, to be able to stand the flood of this particular world. They may identify themselves with me. Remember the sons of Levi, that is in Exodus chapter 32, verse 26. When Moses came and asked, who is, you know, who is going to be on the Lord's, who is going to be on the Lord's side? There is something that Moses stood in the entrance of the camp and said, whoever is on the Lord's side, come to me. And the sons of Levi gathered themselves together. I want you to ask yourself, when the Lord is asking, are you that one 
who is going to separate yourself from everybody else and decide, I'm going to be with the Lord in the name of Jesus Christ. I am going to let go of the fashion of this world. I'm not going to be galloped, you know, to be swallowed in the, uh, the uh, pursuits and in the world, uh, in the world passions. I am going to be on the Lord's side in the name of Jesus Christ. That's what the Father is looking for. And he says, I have given unto you a command, which I have desired you to pursue and to follow. And that command, we have it, I think we read it last week, but I'll read it once again. It is important, it, says, it is what Jesus says in Matthew 22, verse 37 and 39, up to 39, where he says, Jesus said, you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind. This is the first and the great commandment. And the second is like it, you shall love your neighbor as yourself. And the Lord is reaching out unto us at this command. He wants you and I to live it out, to manifest it in our talk, in our walk, in our, in our relationships, in our family, in the church, in our neighborhoods. Let them be able to see this particular love, this command at work in us in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, that love the Lord your God with all your heart, your soul, your mind, and love all else as you love yourself. He says that, you know, if we continue in this particular commandment, we shall be able to reach out our hands unto the weak ones in our midst, weak ones in our families, weak ones in our society, and we'll be able to draw them into the grace and into the mercy of God in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Many times we block uh, the weak ones away because we despise them. We even here in church, we've got that particular kind of, of setups. But I want you to know what happens as it always follows. That you know, you are only as strong as your weakest wink, link. rather. So if as a church, my brother is weak, and I'm boasting, I am not as weak as Brother Paul. I am strong, I can't fall. Just like Brother Paul has fallen, or Sister so-and-so fallen, or Brother so-and-so has fallen. And so I exalt myself against my brother or against my sister. Remember, we are only as strong as that weak brother or as that weak sister. Because if the enemy comes to attack us, that is the point he's going to use. And he will bring us down. It does not matter how strong that corner is. If that corner is weak, he will enter through that corner and he will do havoc in the church. And it has happened over and over again in many, many nations across the world. And likewise for us in our families, don't despise that weak one. Pray honestly for him or for her in the name of Jesus Christ. Pray for your brother, pray for your sister. If you see a weakness in a man or in a woman, in our midst, cry, go before the Lord and cry, Oh, Father, I lift up my brother, I lift up my brother. 
sister, of my sister. Make it your commission, your, your, your mission. Father, I want to see brother so and so stand strong. I want to see sister so and so overcome ABCD. I see this in her life. I see this in her in his life. And Father, I find it difficult to talk with her because she will not understand. But I cry in your mercy. She is your son, your daughter. Do it, almighty King of glory. Change her mind and her spirit. God will do it. For the glory of his wonderful name. In the name of Jesus Christ. Remember what he says in Galatians. Chapter 6 verse 1 and 2. Beloved. If a man or a woman is overtaken in any trespass. You who are spiritual. Restore such a one. In the spirit of gentleness. Considering yourselves. Lest you also be tempted. Bear one another's burden. And so fulfill the law of Christ. God is calling us to bear one another. Not to tear one another and to demean one another. Let us move away from criticisms of each other as the body of the Lord Jesus Christ. Let love arise within us in the name of Jesus. If I come unto you and I start telling you, oh, sister so-and-so is terrible. Tell, stop me, sweat, I tell you, oh, you know what, Brother Paul? Let us pray for sister so-and-so. I will not have the opportunity to start slandering and gossiping about her again. It will seal my mouth. Same, if I find you doing that, let me have the grace. Let us have the courage to stop each other from going over the cliff and destroying one another in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Praise God. Encourage and strengthen one another at all times. Just as he says in Hebrews chapter 10, verse 24 to 25, he says, let us consider one another in order to stir up love and good works, not forsaking the assembling of ourselves together as the manner of some is, but exhorting one another and so much so as you'd see the day approaching. God is calling you new and on me. We must seek to provoke one another unto love and unto good works. Praise the Lord. So if you find me being critical, then touch me on my shoulder. Wake up, Paul. Wake up, Paul. The love of God tells us not to criticize our brother or sister. It will stop me in my tracks. Praise God. And God will heal us as we do that to each other in the name of Jesus. He's encouraging us, telling us, you know, learn to be merciful. Learn to be compassionate in the name of Jesus Christ. Or oh, for the glory of the glory of God. Learn to nurture one another. Learn not to condemn one another. Accept each other just as you are. With my dad, bring me aside and tell me, Paul, you know what? I'm going to wash this wound of yours. It's going to pain. But I'm going to wash it because I want you to be healed of this particular wound. And if I've been found to be so such a, a, a hot-tempered character, bring me aside and tell me, Paul, this temper of yours will take you to hell. Name it as it is. Because your anger, Paul, is not glorifying God. Change your ways. Ask God to deliver you from this particular anger in the name of Jesus Christ. Let us be each other's keeper in the name of Jesus. 
Just as you know, in Hosea chapter 6, verse 6, he says that, For I desire mercy and not sacrifice. Praise God. And the knowledge of God more than burnt offerings. What is the mercy of God? What is the knowledge of God? Love the Lord your God with all your heart, your mind, your soul, your strength, and love your neighbor as you love yourself. That is the knowledge of God. And as we fulfill that grace, this church will become powerful and glorious for the glory of God because His glory will come and rest upon us. Why? Because the love of God is revealed in us and through us in the name of Jesus. Let not your brother or your sister cry in the corner there mourning while you pass and say, you deserve it. No. Reach out. Yes, we may know he deserves it, but it doesn't matter. Okay, brother, I know you fell in here because of your own foolishness, but come out. It is time we need to move on. You are not to remain in that particular dirt, in that particular dust, in the name of Jesus Christ. That is the love that God is looking for you and I to manifest in us in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Now we come to the scripture. We, we come to this by the scripture, you know, in, in Colossians, our sister read it again, chapter 3, verse 12 and 13. Remember, he says, Therefore, as the elect of God, holy and beloved, put on tender mercies, put on kindness, put on humility, put on meekness, put on long suffering. Bearing with one another and forgiving one another. If anyone has a complaint against another, even as Christ forgave you, so also must you must do. Praise God. Those are the instructions that in the love of God, he's giving you and he's giving me. And he's encouraging us. He's calling us once again. Let us once again remember the family unit. Let us get into the place of praying together as families. Man and wife, parents and children, if you are in the same house, encourage one another to pray, says the Lord, and pray together. Don't abandon the fellowship of your praying together. There is great grace that I bring, says the Lord, into the family as a result of you praying together. Don't say, I'll pray in my bedroom, I'll pray in my study, I'll pray in my own corner, God hears my prayer. Yes, he does, but he's saying, I want you to assemble together. Do not forsake the assembling of yourselves together as the manner of some is. It is not only in church, it is in our families as well. We separate each other and we stand aloof from each other. But the Lord says, if I am going to heal your families, learn to come together for I command a blessing in that place. Honor the Lord in your families. Whether you are grown-ups or your young ones, let us humble ourselves. That's why he says, let us you know, put on humility. None of us is above anybody else. None of us is invincible. I should not cast away my wife and my sons and daughters and tell them, pray for yourselves. I'll pray for myself. It is hindering the grace and the move of the spirit of the living God in Jesus' name. 
And for those of you who have got children, who are young, do not shield them from the truth. Bring the truth bare before them in the name of Jesus Christ. Raise them up in that grace and in the mercy of God. The Lord says that do not forget that they are mine as much as you call them your own, but mostly they are my children. And I have a specific and unique role and a unique plan for each one of these young ones to fulfill for me in my kingdom. He promises I will protect them. It is not you who protects them. He says I will protect them and I will carry them through these particular difficult times for the glory of my name. Remember what he says in 1 John 2.14 when he says I have written to you fathers because you have known him who is from the beginning and I have written to you young men and I put on young women as well because you are strong and the word of God and the word of God abides in you and you have overcome the wicked one. Our young people, God is testifying of you and he says, he speaks in advance of you and he says you have overcome the wicked one. Make him proud. Praise the Lord. Make him proud by stepping out to show that yes, the wicked one has been overcome in my life, in my talk, in my way of life, in my associations, in each and every step that I take. Not only the young people, but the men and the women alike. For he says, I have written to you men fathers, and I will put on mothers as well, because you have known him who is from the beginning. Praise the Lord. That because we know him who is from the beginning, then we should be able to abide in the knowledge and in the counsel that he abides, avails unto us in the name of Jesus Christ. He is asking us, let us learn to ask for forgiveness moment by moment. Don't live in arrogance. Let us realize we are in a fallen world. And in every moment when you realize that I have wrong, I have, I've gone amiss, repent of a particular moment. Just like you heard our sister say here that, you know, she said a lie, oh, I'm in Essex. And, you know, she asked for the forgiveness from the Lord. Ask for the forgiveness from God each and every moment. Don't let the sun set on your sin. Praise God. In the name of Jesus. The Lord desires that we seek him first in all things. In the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. That as we seek him, we will allow him to handle everything else that comes upon our way. Because he will keep what he has promised. He will accomplish what he has said. And he wants us to rest in his particular promises and in his word. In the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Let us be focused, as I, I say last week. Watch, pray, remain alert, be focused in the name of Jesus Christ. And remember, there's this one thing. Remember the miracle of the, of the, of the many loaves. When the beloved ones had the loaves on that particular hill. Jesus, after he had fed them with the loaves and with the fish, and they were satisfied, the Lord declares and says, those people followed me, not because they believed in who I am, but it's because their stomachs were full and they were content because all was well. 
they could feel good. And the Lord is pointing a finger on us even in this particular time. That many of us, we are just like those particular people of, of Israel at that particular time. Because the enemy, you know, dangles his goody goodies before our eyes every now and then. He teases our, you know, our senses and he entices us for the things that will only satisfy for a time. Things that will only fulfill our fleshly desires. But yet what the Lord is offering us is eternal. And he's calling upon us to remove our minds from these particular temporary things and look unto him because he his is a permanent feeling. He will fill us to the full and to the glory of his name. He may say that he will satisfy our soul forever. If at all we shall hold and we shall lean on to him in the name of Jesus Christ. Remember what he says in the book of Peter, chapter 1, 1 Peter chapter 5, verse 8. He calls unto us to be vigilant, to be sober. Why? Because our enemy or our adversary, he prowls around like a roaring lion, seeking whom he may devour. And the Lord says, do not fall into his deception. He is very cunning. He is smart, as we said last time. He has been around for many, many years. And the Lord wants you to know that the enemy will want you to believe. That, that things he places before you and the things you spend your life pursuing, they are important and they are priority. But he says, surrender to me, surrender your all unto me. He says, surrender your will to me, surrender your desire to me, surrender your controls unto me, and I will bring a change in your life in the name of Jesus Christ. We said before as we draw to a close, do not be lukewarm in a relationship, in your relationship with me. And I repeat again, do not be a lukewarm in your relationship with me, says the Lord. Do not allow the times and the seasons of now to dictate the way that you walk. Listen to what his word says, and it is in Isaiah chapter 30 and verse 21. This is what he says should order, should order your life. And this is what he says should order your steps. What wonderful instructions we received this morning as our sister read to us Colossians chapter 3. Now hear what he says after chapter 30 of Isaiah and verse 21. He says your ear, your ear shall hear a word behind you saying, this is the way, walk in it whenever you turn to the right hand. Or whenever you turn to the left hand. I repeat again. Your ears shall hear a word behind you saying. This is the way. Walk in it whenever you turn to the right hand. Or whenever you turn to the left. Whenever you turn to the left hand. Remember as the Lord says. He's preparing for us a kingdom. A kingdom that will not come to an end. He's preparing for us a big supper up in glory. A, a supper that is all glorious as he is the all-consuming creator. The all-consuming fire. Nothing can stop him from doing what he wants to do. But he says the door of opportunity is closing. 
My children, the law, the, the, the door of opportunity is closing. I repeat again. The door of opportunity is closing. And the Lord is asking you and I to trust him. The Lord is asking you and I to lay our lives before him and to allow him to use our lives for his glory. And as a child clings to his father or his mother for protection and for his very existence, the Lord is asking, will you cling to me? Will you hold on to me? I will not disappoint. I will not let you down, says the Lord. I will not abandon you. I may appear to be silent, but I am with you. For I love you, and as he has told us, I have loved you with an everlasting love. I have called you with my loving kindness. If you have heard that particular voice calling you, if you have heard that loving kindness of the Lord calling you, turn this particular moment, every day of your life, that particular moment, always make it a moment to give glory unto God in the name of Jesus Christ. Make every moment of your life a moment to delight his spirit, to delight his heart. Let him smile every moment from ear to ear. You know, always because Jesus said, the Father is always with me because I always do what is pleasing unto him. Moment by moment, he lived in the moment. My brother and my sister, I want you to live in the moment with God in the name of Jesus Christ. Stand on his word in the moment for the glory of his name. Even in pain, cry unto him in that moment. Don't say, God, when will you, you will heal me? When will you heal me? Tell him, heal me now, heal me now, heal me now, deliver me now, deliver me now. Don't give up, oh God, I'm praying you will deliver me. No, deliver me now. Keep on saying now, 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 Father, right now, because he is here. He is here now in Jesus' name.